Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today I'm going to be putting celebrity couples in custody disputes on the couch. (laughs) And we can learn a lot from the messy divorces and custody cases that these stars have. Perhaps you yourself are thinking of divorce or in the midst of a divorce or in the midst of a custody battle. Or maybe you've uh, undergone one as the child of parents having a custody dispute. Or uh, maybe you can just stand to get some insight into what is going through the mind of your significant other or yourself. Well, today you're going to be able to learn from these mistakes, find out what you shouldn't do in a custody battle. And I thought it was particularly timely to talk about this uh, today because this is around the time that children are going back to school. And unfortunately, more and more children are being distracted from school, from trying to learn, because of things that are going on in their home. And we're having more dysfunctional homes than ever before, more abuse, more all kinds of abuse, you know, emotional, physical, sexual, and so on, um, more economic problems, and more divorces. And what's particularly destructive to children, besides divorce, is our custody battles. And what happens, um, so the bottom line is that you need to be sure that if you are getting a divorce um, and you, you know, don't see eye to eye as far as what's going to be happening with the children, that um, you try to keep in mind what is the standard for courts, which is the best interest of the child. Decisions shouldn't be based upon your narcissistic needs, your feeling lonely, your desire to keep children, uh, your children there because you want them to take care of you, um, even, you know, you're wanting to keep them away from your spouse to hurt your spouse, you're wanting to get more child support. These are examples of some of the wrong reasons that celebrities and non-celebrities have uh, for getting very emotionally involved. Of course, celebrities are able to spend more money on on uh, divorce and custody battles, so they have the luxury, so to speak, when in fact it's really quite the opposite. It's, they have the opportunity to have a more devastating time for themselves and their children and because they're able to drag it out more and pay the lawyers more and pay the court fees more and so on. But whether you're a celebrity or not, any money that you spend towards um, court, uh, particularly in custody battles, is really not well spent. It is much better spent on therapy because if children are put into therapy and if you and your spouse go into therapy, um, there are healthier ways of deciding what is going to be happening in terms of custody. And there's both legal custody, which is um, who gets to, to decide on the really important decisions in the child's life. And in most cases, that is usually decided in court to be joint. 
um, things like medical care or things like what school the child goes to or um, you know major decisions in the child's life that is generally uh, decided by the judge to be given to both parents but it's the physical custody who the child is going to be with more and exactly when that is mostly up for grabs and grabs is exactly uh, a good term for it because this fighting gets to be quite primitive um, the parents really having such strong, volatile feelings about what's going on. And again, it's more about them oftentimes, and particularly with celebrities, than it is about what's best for the child. So we're going to be talking today about um, Brittany and Kevin, Brittany Spears and Kevin Federline. We're going to be talking about Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. David Hasselhoff and Pamela Bach. But before we do, let me just give you a bit of a, an introduction to what actually um, happens to children during divorce and custody. Um, we see the results we've been seeing as the divorce statistics have grown over the years. We've been seeing more and more generations of children who are growing up having been the product of divorce and the product of custody battles. And we see um, one of the main results uh, is the fact that this not only makes the children depressed and angry, and, and well, angry too, yes, but depressed and anxious at the time, but it leaves deep-seated scars. Uh, sometimes this depression and anger and anxiety can last for a very long time, forever, if you don't have therapy. And most importantly, it cripples children as far as their growing up and going into their own relationships, their own romantic relationships. Because what they have learned growing up in a household where there has been divorce and custody battles is that a relationship is dangerous. That here they had these two parents who once were in love with each other and now uh, the love has turned to hate in many cases. I mean, it, it sort of flips over and all of these feelings that, that were loving feelings, that were romantic and passionate feelings in a, in a loving sense, become passionate in an angry, hateful way. And that's because the parents be, are hurt by each other. You know, whatever the circumstances, there are a myriad of reasons why couples get divorced, and it's not always a bad thing. I mean, sometimes um, certainly one should not stay married just for the children if there's a situation like uh, domestic violence. You know, obviously you don't want to um, expose your children to a situation where it's typically the father is going to be coming home and, and uh beating up the mother or beating up the children. Obviously, you know, if the father doesn't want to get help for that, um, intensive help, then, and the situation isn't getting better, then that is a good reason for divorce. Um, but, and it's a good reason um, for the children to have, uh, you know, to, to be more with the mother, certainly, until the father can prove that he is not going to engage in that kind of behavior. Uh, and he may need supervised visitation for at least for a while. But um, 
But there is this hole with each generation now. You know, we have seen the relationship between the sexes at whatever age um, has gotten worse and worse in the sense that more men and women are distrusting each other, more men and women are building up walls to keep the other person out because they've been hurt before in other relationships, whether they've been married before or not. And children of divorce have learned that you can't trust your partner. This was somebody just like their mother or father, you know, said they, I love you at some point. And, um, and now, you know, and then something changes and, and unpredictably, or at least that's the way it seems to a child, and um, now this person who was your lover, the most important loving person in the world to you, is now your most, your biggest enemy. So it causes children growing up in this situation to later become very fearful of intimacy, letting another person in close to you, um, trusting this other person, because you become afraid that this person is going to turn against you and become your number one enemy. So the way to try to make this process the least hazardous for children is for parents to, number one, put their children in therapy when they begin to contemplate divorce, to um, put the child in therapy, because obviously if one or both parents are contemplating divorce, then there is dysfunction of some sort in the household. It may not be domestic violence, you know, that's an extreme, but it may be a lot of um, loud arguing or crying or drinking or some kind of dysfunctional behavior. And whatever that is, it's making the home environment uh, disruptive and uncomfortable for the children. And even though your children may not say anything to you about that, they certainly are feeling it. They're feeling the tension, at the very least, in the household. So that's the number one thing, to put children in therapy when divorce is even being contemplated, just to try to um, help them to cope with the tension that they feel they, that they feel, that they sense going on in the household. And certainly, if it's gone beyond the contemplating divorce stage and into the divorce stage, uh, an ongoing divorce, children should be right away put in therapy. And then, of course, if it's a custody stage, that's when children need to be in therapy all the more. And if parents, the parents go into therapy during the contemplating divorce stage or the divorce stage, then chances are much better that it's going to be a therapist helping the parents make the decisions, making the divorce the most amicable as possible, and particularly making the custody battle less of a battle and more of a reasonable decision as to what is in the best interest of the child. Now, the key thing that's in the best interest is for the child not to be solely with one parent or the other. Um, I mean, the only exception is if it's if it's an infant, you know, that the mother is breastfeeding, or um, you know, uh, uh, that the father can't really care for, doesn't feel comfortable caring for. Let's say before the age of two, as far as overnights or long extended periods, you know, that's something for each couple to decide upon, and it also depends upon, you know, whether they can afford a nanny to help and things like that. But the point is that these are decisions that are best made 
with two parents being reasonable with each other and putting their child first. And in this volatile situation with parents feeling abandoned um, because of the divorce going on, even if even the one who wanted the divorce is still impacted by the separation, by the by you know the change of lifestyle, um, and it may be in the end it may be something that's really good at least for one of the parties, one of the the couple, but um, they still are going through a big upheaval in their life at the time. And so it's very hard to be reasonable and rational, and the only person that can help a parent with that is a therapist, not a judge. When we come back, I'll tell you more about my (laughs) opinions of judges in these situations, and then we'll give you some examples about celebrities and uh, what has happened in their situations or what is still happening in their ongoing custody battles. We're talking today about uh, celebrity couples in custody disputes. We're putting them on the couch. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, where the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com In the ever-changing world of real estate, Mark Heller and Brian Church bring to Internet Talk Radio all the latest information, trends, and changes in the real estate market. And these guys pull no punches. That's Real Estate Talk with Mark Heller and Brian Church every Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America channel. 
VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And today I'm putting celebrity couples in custody disputes on my couch. And we're going to be talking about uh, Kevin Federline and Britney Spears, Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, David Hasselhoff and Pamela Bach. But just first a word about judges. Um, Judges and custody battles. I have found, and as you know, I I do um, one of my hats is as a forensic psychiatrist, um, including doing custody evaluations uh, for parents, you know, trying to evaluate which parent would be better um, to have the child for what amount of time and in what circumstances and all of that, supervised visitation or not, um, you know, how, how the child is doing, what the child needs, and so on. And I have, in my experience, I have been um, greatly disturbed by the decisions that judges have made. Um, judges are not therapists, not psychiatrists, not any other kind of therapy, therapist. And their decisions in these kinds of matters are, are it's really not a question of, of justice. Uh, I mean, it is technically, it is, there are laws. We, you know, it is decided by a judge, but it really, these are issues that are much better decided by someone who understands parenting and children and all of that. And I have seen time after time after time the wrong decisions being made by judges. And a lot of times these decisions are made since they don't have the training, the, the depth of training the therapists have. They are making these decisions based upon unconscious um, issues, unconscious feelings uh, that bias them one way or the other towards one parent or the other. And in most cases, it is biased against the mother and for in favor of the father. And that is because many of these judges have undergone divorces and some have undergone custody battles themselves. And uh, even though they may well be trying to be fair, they find themselves um, being unconsciously biased one way or the other, seeing the woman as their ex-wife, <laughs> who they hate, and seeing and identifying more with the man and feeling that um, that he needs a better break. And, I mean, I have seen cases where there were undisputable facts that the fathers have been sexually molesting their children, for example, and the judge still has given the child back to the father and taken away custody more to the mother from the mother. And and the key here in, in all custody battles has to do with he who is the most emotional loses, the most emotional in front of the judge and, and after uh, they leave the courtroom so that they're they wind up doing things that sabotage themselves, um, lose because the judge, you know, and the more unfair the rulings are, the more they come down as being one unfair ruling after the other, and usually it's the mother who then is sort of freaking out, getting more upset. Um, mothers who genuinely, I'm not saying all mothers are like this, Britney Spears <laughs> will be an example of, uh, uh, doesn't fit into this category that I'm talking about right now, but, um, but, 
mothers who really are nurturing and really feel it more of a ripping out of their soul um, are sometimes driven when they see decisions coming down on the side of the father who usually has more money to be able to afford a better lawyer they are driven to do things that ultimately wind up hurting them in their case. They get very emotional, and the judge, you know, sees that as a bad sign when, when really he's the one causing that um, emotion, those emotions to go out of control. But let's talk about Brittany, who is an exception to what I was just talking about. Um, Kevin Federline and Brittany Spears have two children, Sean Preston, who is 23 months, and Jaden James, who is 11 months. And... Um, they had shared, they have shared custody, but um, as you may know, Kevin Federline has, uh, is now trying to get more custody, more time with the children, and have them spend less time with Brittany. And if you've been watching the news, <laughs> you can understand why he might want to do that, because Brittany has, besides shaving her head, she has been uh, more and more... Uh, out of control, or I should say she hasn't stopped being out of control. And um, she is still, you know, doing things that uh, have put the children in danger from her driving and putting one of the children in her lap without a seatbelt and just sitting in front of her at the, at the steering wheel to her wearing high heels and, and being drunk and almost falling, uh, being caught and the baby being caught by one of her security guards to... Um, Having uh, just being out all night partying. There's a recent a recent allegation by Kevin Federline that she left a baby, the baby's home alone, and she said that it, the the uh, housekeeper was there. You know, I don't know what the truth is in that regard, but certainly the truth is that she has not exactly been acting like a mother who uh, Betty Crocker kind of mother, um, and. You know, the problem, it's really kind of sad because the problem is that Brittany, when she had these children to begin with, she was really not mature enough to have them. Neither of them were. Kevin wasn't either. Um, but Brittany wanted to play house, and she wanted to be Barbie to, instead of a Ken, a Kevin. And the two children sort of fit under that scenario, you know, fit with that fantasy of, of playing house. And But it didn't work out. Her relationship with Kevin didn't work out. And she is not interested. She didn't sign up to be a single mom, and that's what she's finding herself to be. And, you know, naturally she wants to date. She wants to uh, party. She wants to um, meet other men. She would like to find another boyfriend. I mean, I've said for quite a while that uh, really she's never gotten over the being dumped by Ke by um, Justin Timberlake, her first love. And Kevin Federline was just a um, uh, sort of a response to that. I mean, and she's still sort of very vulnerable to to being, um, looking for any man almost um, to be her boyfriend and to marry her. She's really acting pretty desperate, wearing her underwear in public and things like that. And not, and no underwear in public. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of a cry to be ravaged or loved, um, really loved, but, you know, accepting ravaged by some man. And what's sad is that she, you know, to the extent that she had a good relationship with her mother and her mother could have taken care of the children, that would have been one possibility that would have helped her 
to keep the children with her more or equally. Um, but she has a very volatile relationship with her mother, and so that doesn't seem to be um, a, a reasonable alternative. Her mother doesn't isn't there all the time because they seem to to not get along all the time. So, um, and and a lot of the time she doesn't seem to be in a state to make sure that her children are being taken care of responsibly, if not by her, then by nannies, responsible nannies. Um, so it's certainly, but the question is, does Kevin want the children because uh, he's a doting father all of a sudden? Because after all, he had had two children in his previous relationship and he abandoned them uh, and the woman, the mother of these children, in order to be with Brittany. So he really wasn't looking to be a father then. So can we believe that he's sincere now and that he wants to be a, a good father to these two children? I mean, after all, he's trying to get his career off the ground, and you know, he certainly would want to date and all of that. So how much time is he interested in putting towards being a good father? So is it that, or is it that he wants um, Brittany's money, more of her money, that you know, obviously the parent who has the children with them more gets more child support? So what's the you know so this is this is really a bad situation all the way around and certainly the children it would be most unfortunate if they were put in a foster care or you know I don't know that there's somebody else perhaps her mother will try to get custody so far I haven't heard that happening but I guess anything is possible so they are in the midst of a their their custody dispute is really heating up with Kevin's lawyer lawyer subpoenaing all sorts of people. And what's sad is that you have to wonder whether um, at some level Brittany is not against um, giving up the responsibility, the full-time responsibility or the majority-time responsibility of her children to Kevin because she just feels, that, as I said, that she doesn't really want to be a single mom. She wants to be out there with her career and partying. And that's the kind of thing that a parent needs to think, or a person needs to think about before they have the children, not after. And certainly the younger you are, the more you really need to be postpone having children unless you're absolutely certain that your life is together on all fronts, that your relationship is strong, and that your career is, you know, going the way you want it to, um, that you're not going to have to spend so much time getting that going that you're not really going to be able to spend enough time with with your children. These are all things you need to ask yourself before you have children. So that's a, a custody battle that is, I'm sure, sparks are going to be flying in the very near future, and it's it's really rather sad because um, because I mean, on the on the one hand, I think what should happen is that Kevin should get to have the children more. At least I think he would be more responsible for making sure that nannies are there all the time and so on. And perhaps that would be a wake-up call to Brittany. And at some later point when she is more able to be more of a full-time mom, she can then go back to the court and ask for more custody. And hopefully she will have gotten her act together by then. But it's really... It's really rather sad, and of course the children being 23 months and 11 months can't talk about what they want or how they feel necessarily, but they are certainly, certainly they have, have been feeling 
all of the tension and volatility and extremes that have been going on throughout their young lives. These are the kinds of sad stories that happen. We'll be moving on next to another sad story, Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards, and that's a custody battle that is going to be heating up as well, uh, particularly because he now has um, become engaged to another woman, and her relationship with Richie Sambora has fallen through. Dum to dum dum. So we'll be back with what's happening there. After we take a break, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm putting celebrity couples in custody disputes on the couch. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood Jet Set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk with President of Traveras, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveras Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about celebrity couples who are in custody disputes, and I'm putting them on my couch. Uh, we're going to be talking about Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, David Hasselhoff and Pamela Bach. We, uh, we just finished dissecting Kevin Federline and Britney Spears, so now you'll know 
what to watch out for as the their custody battle heats up. Charlie Sheen and Denise Richards have two children, two daughters, Sam, three, and Lola, two. And they had been sharing visits, uh, having sharing custody. Um, but Charlie Sheen was having supervised visitation, and presumably that's because of his history of substance abuse. Um, but he is now asking to have unsupervised visits, um, presumably because he is clean, and he wants to be able to, he wants additional visitation and unsupervised, and he wants to be able to select and hire his own nanny. And um, instead, there seems to be, uh, Denise Richards seems to be giving him more trouble in regard to custody, which began when um, she became jealous of his new fiancé. And this seems to have been, um, as you may remember, she it was originally her idea to divorce him, and she soon started an affair with uh, Richie Sambora, who was Heather Locklear's husband. And um, she seems to be having buyer's remorse in terms of uh, having bought Richie Sambora and now thrown him back, or he threw her back, I'm not sure which, and she's having seller's remorse in terms of Charlie, realizing that maybe she shouldn't have gotten rid of him um, at the time. He really, she, he really didn't want the marriage to end. Um, you know, she claimed that he was doing various things that made it impossible for her to stay with him. And I think part of it was also when she was pregnant with um, their second child. Uh, she was making all kinds of claims of substance abuse, and I think also that he was frequenting women, prostitutes, I'm not sure of the allegations, but they were in that general, I'm not sure of the timing of the allegations, but they were in that general uh, area. And um, now she's sort of realizing, uh uh-oh, he seems to have been getting his act together, um, and now he's engaged. And he claims that she asked him to father a third child, that she asked him for his sperm in order to be able to have a third child with him. She denies that. If it is true, it's another example of a sort of desperate attempt to get him to connect to her. And I think that's what's happening now with the custody battle in the sense that she is trying to use the children as bait. She's trying to make it so difficult for him to have their two little girls with him, uh, unsupervised, his own nanny, and more time, so that she's hoping, or because she's hoping, that he will realize that this is so difficult that because he wants to be with his children, maybe he should come back and be with her and give up his fiancée. That seems to be her conscious or unconscious, and I kind of tend to think it's pretty conscious, conscious um, idea of how she's going to get him back. And um, it is sort of sad. I mean, part of me actually hopes or wishes for the sake of the children that they could um, get back together, could get into therapy and see if they could work out their relationship and um, and get back together. 
because that would be, you know, that's always the ideal um, if as if there isn't something going on like substance abuse or like frequenting prostitutes. Um, that would be best for the children to have their biological mother and father together if they were getting along. So um, the the question is, you know, certainly it does seem like he should not continue to be penalized um, by having to have a, a supervisor, supervised visitation, if he is not still abusing substances. So it would seem to me that the decision would be um, to allow him to have unsupervised visitation and to have um, drug testing so that if, they're, if either on the drug tests or by any witnesses, he is seen to be in an inebriated or out-of-control state um, when he has the children with him, that then he would have to go back to having supervised visitation. And I would think that this should be sort of a gradual transition, but there doesn't seem to be a reason if he can prove, perhaps he can prove that he's been through a drug program. I don't know that he has, but um, that would be another way that he could, I mean, if he was in in therapy and he could get a note from his therapist or a note from a program, you know, that would all help um, towards getting the judge to think more in his favor in terms of not having supervised visitation. Uh, Paul McCartney and Heather Mills. Well, she seems to play the role of victim. She likes playing the role of victim. She made a very loud, uh-huh, made very loud claims when she was divorcing him about all the horrible things that he allegedly did. And hey, isn't it hard to think that a Beatle, <laughs> especially Paul, could do all these horrible things that she is accusing him of? And, you know, even if he did do all these things, um, why did she need to make it so public? Which sort of really um, tends to go against her credibility. Um, it seems that she was perhaps trying to answer the questions that she knew would be asked of her. How could you divorce Paul McCartney? Um, you know, so perhaps she trumped up these things to make it more reasonable. Um, primarily, it seems as though she wanted more of his money, and the, the worse that she could describe him as being, the more likely it would be that she would get more of his money. But now they are battling over custody. They have a daughter, Beatrice, who's three. The custody matter is still not decided. Um, they split up in May, so they're still uh, battling over these things. Apparently, he spent time with Beatrice on Long Island this summer, uh, there were reports that Heather had been granted full custody with Paul getting visitation, but um, they both have denied these reports. So we really don't know what is happening. Um, but certainly she has proven uh, to not be a woman, whatever he may have done or not done, certainly she has proven herself to be a classless woman because these things could have been handled behind closed doors rather than her blabbing to the press uh, about all of these horrible things that she alleged that he did. I mean, that that sort of speaks really against her in the sense that um, this could have been, you know, said at court if she 
claims that they're true, and they could have been shown to be true by witnesses or whatever in court. But the fact that she had to uh, announce them all in lurid details to the press really speaks worse of her, even if these things were true, than of him. And for that matter, I think that um, custody needs to be really looked at by the judge. They need to have a very uh, in-depth psychological analysis, evaluation of custody. And um, I really think that, that her psychological um, state needs to, well, both of their psychological states, but I mean it, it needs to be done very, very carefully. One, to decide whether... Uh, Paul did do any of the domestic violence or had a temper or, you know, the, these various allegations that she claimed. Um, and also to see really, you know, even though she's plays victim and the sweet one and, and you know, poor me, look what he did, uh, that's very, very hard to believe considering what she did to him by making all of this public um, in the press, going out of her way to, to make it so public against him, trying to hurt him. So um, it is not an open and shut case that it should even be half and half. Um, you know, it may well be that Paul, you know, it should be at least be half. If, if it turns out that, you know, that there really isn't anything strong on one end or the other, then most likely it should be half and half. Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, it's really interesting in these celebrity cases how these examples, in any case, um, seem to be going against what is the usual trend, you know, in non-celebrities, where where it doesn't seem as much that it should be uh, so much more in favor of the father. This is, these are really aberrations, and maybe it's because the father's celebrity or not, I mean, there is the whole issue of fathers, again, celebrity or not, who, when they're getting divorced, um, are, well, they've abandoned their family, either before the divorce or, or after the divorce. They're just as happy to say, fine, goodbye. And obviously that's not the good solution either because children need um, the love and attention and the psychodynamics, the, the, the development that goes on between a child and his mother and a child and his or her father. So, um, all right, let's talk about Alec Baldwin and, and Kim Basinger. They have a child, a girl, Ireland, who's 11. Uh, they were in the news fairly recently regarding the the um, answering machine tape that was released, obviously, by either Kim or her attorney. I mean, uh, certainly um, they had possession of it. Alec wouldn't have released it to the media. He did say some very hurtful things to his child. He talked about her being a pig or something like that. Um, It's clear that he was very hurt because she wasn't spending more time with him. And it was also clear that he was projecting the hurt that he felt towards Kim onto his daughter. In other words, he had felt rejected. They had a very um, volatile relationship they had had before they got divorced and after they got divorced. Obviously, it's it's being conti- it's continuing to be acted out through the child, and that is what what happens uh, with celebrities or non-celebrities. The problems, the issues, the conflicts that the parents have continue to be acted out by having their children be ping pong balls, and we're seeing this with them. And uh, 
but one thing that was on his side was that he was very—he seemed to be very sincere in wanting to be with his daughter, even to the point of his offering to quit his show, NBC's 30 Rock, in order to be able to spend time with his daughter. And um, you know that—that that said something about that. And he talks about parental alienation, which is generally a tool that fathers use to try to go against the mothers. Um, but, you know, it does seem like maybe Kim has influenced uh, her daughter to not want to spend time with him. That does need to be looked into more. And there needs to be reunification therapy at least once a week between Alec and his daughter to get to what the problems are, you know, how get her to be able to, the daughter to be able to say how hurt she felt and to be able to explain why she hasn't been spending more time with him and so on. They need to sort of come to an understanding and then she would want to spend more time with him. We need to take another break. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we're putting celebrity couples in custody disputes on my couch. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back 
to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about celebrity couples in custody disputes. I'm putting them on my couch. We were talking before the break about Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Um, It's amazing. Their divorce was final in December of 2001. We're in 2007, and they are still going at it. Um, This is sort of a classic example of a couple that, a very volatile couple, their marriage was volatile, and they still have a need to keep in contact with each other and um, still hurt each other from hurts that they felt during their marriage, during their relationship. And uh, poor Ireland, their 11-year-old daughter, is a ping-pong ball being caught in the middle. Since their divorce, when they originally agreed on joint custody, They have both accused each other of violating the visitation rules, and they have gone back into court. And, um, you know, it really is sad. You know, this is another example of uh, how you have to question uh, Kim because, yes, it was terrible that Alec called his daughter, I think it was a selfish little pig or something, because um, she wasn't going to see him on a certain uh, visitation time or whatever and he was obviously hurt and that made him angry and he wanted to lash out at her which was really a way of lashing out at Kim because he was still feeling the hurt from her abandonment but it was worse in my opinion to for Kim to and or her lawyer to release that to the media so that the whole world had to hear uh, her Ireland's father calling her a selfish little pig or words to that effect I mean certainly uh, the kids at school, I mean, imagine, you know, how that uh, played out at school. Uh, it was worse that, that, this, that she became publicly humiliated, that, in other words, for Kim to score some points in her divorce court, in her custody court with the judge, um, she hurt Ireland even more by releasing this to the whole world. And apparently, uh, when they went to court, even though Alec apologized on The View for his voicemail. Um, apparently, according to Kim's attorney, the she was very happy, quote-unquote, with the outcome of what happened in that session of their custody battle. So uh, that's rather unfortunate. That uh, Again, unfortunate that, that these things are played out in court rather than in a therapist's office. Uh, next, we have David Hasselhoff and Pamela Bach. Now, this is a bit of a mystery. They have uh, two children, two girls, Haley, 15, and Taylor Ann, 17. And uh, he filed divorce papers in January of 2006. And Pamela claimed, amongst other things, that uh, David beat her. And in May, this past May, a judge suspended his visitation after that videotape surfaced, again, you know, who made that videotape surface? I'm not actually sure in this case. There, there were different, um, different, you know, uh, rumors or whatever how it actually got to the media. But anyway, as you may know, it was a videotape of um, uh, David Hasselhoff with his daughters, and he was in a very drunk state, looking rather pathetic. <laughs> And apparently the daughters took this videotape in order to get him to uh, uh, break through his denial and realize that he had a problem <laughs> with alcohol or substances and to do something to about it. Now, 
what what seemed to uh, have happened after that in court in what's being called a dramatic turnaround, um, David Hasselhoff won not only primary physical custody, in other words, the, the girls would be primarily with him, and um, Pamela would have visitation, and the visitation was minuscule. She could visit the girls on alternate weekends and on Wednesday nights for dinner. I mean, that is almost, that's shocking um, to have that happen, especially with this videotape. So obviously, how did that happen? Either um, David Hasselhoff has had a great attorney, uh, and or there are some something or some things that we don't know about Pamela that made the judge decide that the girls would be better spending more time with him. Um, or since the now these children are older than the ones that we've been talking about before on the show, the children have been progressively uh, older from starting out with Britney Spears to to this. Um, and so it could well be that the judge asked the girls what they wanted and could have gone uh, based his judgment a lot on things that they said. Now. You know, sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's not. In in general, um, it can be harmful to the children because they have to live with whatever decision they make, you know, however they influence the judge. So, for example, in this case, regardless of what they said and why they wanted to be more with their father, um, they have to live with with the guilt of knowing the pain that they inflicted upon their mother by her being able to see them so little. Now, the problem is that when children are asked for what they think, they don't know how this is going to influence the judge, and they don't expect that it's going to be this extreme, most likely. You know, maybe they want to spend a little more time with one parent or the other. Now, the problem is that when when you have adolescent girls... They are sort of going through a re-enactment or a, uh, going through again the psychological stage of development of the Oedipal cycle, which is when they want to marry their daddy. I mean, not really, you know, not, but um, they want more attention and love from their daddy, and their mother is seen as a rival. And that may well be the explanation as to why they may have, and I don't know that they talked to the judge, but I'm just conjecturing, speculating as to what might have happened here. Um, so if they did, that may well have been why they were told the judge they wanted to be with their father. Also, uh, what needs to happen here is the girls need to be in therapy. As with all these cases, the children, I mean, obviously you can't really have a child. I mean, it's not going to be that useful, less than three. Uh, even three is sort of pushing it, but you can do play therapy, certainly, with, with children of that age. Um, but these girls, these teenage girls, should be in therapy to find out you know, how they feel now that the judge made such a dramatic turnaround. Um, why did they, if they did say something to the judge, why? Were they feeling sorry for their father? Were they feeling that without them their father was going to continue drinking and so they needed to protect their father? What was really going on? And there needs to be um, family therapy. I mean, there needs to be, perhaps David will be a little more generous and, and not, uh, and allow his wife to see them a little more often than what the judge decided. That can happen, too. So, <laughs> 
Even just the bottom line to all of this, you know, it's not just about celebrities. I hope you've heard things that can, you can apply to your own life. The main uh, takeaway message is instead of spending thousands or sometimes in the case of celebrity, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on lawyers and court fees, you should be spending that money on therapists, uh, the parents and the children. The children, you know, the therapist can decide when it's individual therapy for each, when it's a parent and a child, when it's a parent and or a child and both parents. You know, that's sort of up to the therapist to decide when each of these kinds of sessions are necessary. But the bottom line is that these, uh, the money is best spent on therapy. And putting yourself as the couple in a rational state of mind so that you can decide what is in the best interests of the child and not in the best interests or narcissistic interests, particularly in regard to celebrities, of the parents. And uh, not to not to keep the struggle going, the contact going with the with the parent, with the ex-spouse, in order to keep on hurting them, or even in order to reconcile with them. So I hope this has been of help. Although you know, in a in a in an ideal world, nobody would get divorced, and we would all walk into the sunset and live happily ever after. But when that doesn't happen, you need to remember that a child needs both a mother and a father in their life. And uh, on a side note, my website, you've been get given that on the uh, in the breaks. And let me just make sure that you're spelling my name well so that you can go to my website and check some things out. And that's Dr. Carol with an E, D-R-C-A-R-O-L-E.com. So go check it out. There are some uh, interesting relaxation tapes that are especially good for people with fear of flying, but even if you have any kind of anxiety and uh, other kinds of information that might interest you. Meanwhile, have a uh, really great start of the year, and uh, I will see you <laughs> next week on Dr. Carol's Couch. Thanks for listening.